the whole moral of it is whatever it is maybe it's adhd maybe it's i don't know something that you feel like is holding you back right encouraging people to embrace it and run with it welcome to the fearless happiness podcast where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas life obstacles and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. It's your man, Max, with the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and today I have an amazing, an amazing guest who I relate to more than I thought. Uh, she's just an amazing human being, though, but I brought her on. This is about her today, everybody. Um, I'm going to have her introduce herself. So, Lori, what I like to do is have you introduce yourself to my audience, who you are and what it is exactly that you do, and we'll get rocking and rolling. Awesome. Well, I feel the same way about you. I We just mesh, and I love that whenever you you get with somebody and you're like, oh, that's a cool person. I can relate to them because I'm cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, it. It makes me feel cool because I'm like, oh, wait, you have the same issue I do. Yay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is it? Misery loves company. But um, <laughs> but we, we mesh on positive things, too. But anyway, so Absolutely. yeah, I'm Lori Jewett. I am in the process of my book release. It will release. It's on pre-order right now. It releases on July 1st. Um, it's going to release in paperback, audiobook, ebook. But I think we're going to talk about that later. Um, as far as what I do, that's kind of tricky right now. And I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I'm kind of in the middle of like a massive life change. So I'm I'm letting God take me where he wants to with this book. And, you know, the whole the whole theme is about neurodivergence and ADHD. And I've already been booked on two stages to talk about it and have plans to um host my own stage, my own events and 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 get, you know, yeah, yeah, I know Max, come on. Yeah, and just have like-minded people, um, I guess everybody doesn't have to be neurodivergent, but most of the people that I mesh with are. So I think we'd be good. But yeah, so that's where I'm going now. I really don't know. I still sell insurance on the side. Um, I still love it. I love my clients, but it's not where I'm meant to be. And I'm also the youth leader at church um, and do a lot of, of work around the church and in and, and the kingdom. So yeah, she left out that she's a mother, the most important job on this planet. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that part. Yeah. Wife and mom. Right. And she's just, you got to, once you get to know her, everybody, and, and that's what the hope on this show is, that you'll get to know Lori, you'll get her book, and um, you'll reach out to her. We clicked, right? I, like, we belong to the same network, but we really never spoke. And then she reached out and said, hey, someone said, I need to get you on my podcast. And I said, same, I got to get you on my <laughs> podcast. And, um, but we clicked just from just our little messages back and forth. I knew. And, and if you saw her, her Facebook, everybody, I'm just telling you, like, you can feel the energy. She just has so much positive energy. Um, Aww. and you know, when I was on her podcast, we, we clicked and we had fun with it. And now it's my turn to reciprocate. Um, I want to, and so let me tell you, Lori, like the whole premise of my podcast, right, is to tell people the challenges you've gone through to how you become a success today, right? And we know success yeah. is subjective to, but like everybody knows that I, the guests I bring on, I believe are very successful. And it's funny that you talked about like, you know, 
God hasn't put you right where you want to be just yet, but you're on your way there, right? Same thing, right? Because when I started this podcast, as everybody knows, my audience knows, it was going to be a strictly like recovery related, right? Uh, 12 step recovery stuff, you know what I mean? And yeah, but when I had my first couple guests, I, I automatically knew that God said, no, it's not. It's not just going to be that. You're going to interview a bunch of amazing people. And today I got Lori on here. And I want her to share her story. So, Lori, um, we do connect and we do have the same issue that we were just laughing about when we got here, right? Mm-hmm. It's our necks or like if we could just chop our head off and put it on our shoulders and get rid of that neck part, we'd be happy. <laughs> yes, a good night's <laughs> sleep. Right? Yes. We talked about the massive amount of pillows we've both have purchased to try to find the I right one. I thought I was alone in that. It makes me feel good that there's another pillow hoarder out there. Like I was telling Lori, everybody that, you know, like my wife has put me on a pillow ban because every other week I'm trying to buy the next best pillow. And, you know, after about a day or two, I go, these suck and I want a new one. So my wife's like, you're cut. Um, So Lori, but (laughs) let's talk about some of the challenges you have faced in your life. Like you don't have to go back to like, okay, I was born. You know what I mean? Like some of the things you have faced that has put you on this path of entrepreneurship and doing the things that you're doing now, like writing a book. So tell us a little bit about that story. So, so I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I think I told you when, um, when we spoke last week or the week before that I, I mean, I have some relatable things that I've never talked about on a podcast. Some of this isn't even in my book. Um, But as a young teenager, my, we moved away from my grandparents and all my friends. I was, I think, 13. And when I was 15, my granddad came back to Georgia and picked me up and took me back to Arkansas to move in with my grandparents. So that was in July. And he passed away on September 28th of 1998. And I took responsibility for that. I held the responsibility because he his um, stint and his heart collapsed when he came upstairs to console me after a teenage temper tantrum. Um, and so I took that responsibility and I used anything possible to to fill that gap, right? Mm-hmm. Even at that young age, drugs, alcohol. And again, I've never talked about this publicly and I don't know that I ever will again, but I think it's important, especially I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners have have that background or or can relate to, to somebody that has had that. And I was blessed that I had enough people that harassed me and got on my case that I didn't ever get to any you know severe addiction point but there there was a lot and as a teenager i was also i was never i wasn't diagnosed with adhd until i was an adult i was diagnosed with depression which i really don't have i was a hormonal teenager that was medicated for the wrong things i was diagnosed with bipolar disorder there again that's been taken took 10 years to get that off my medical history um and they were medicating me for other things which were causing more issues i had you know suicide attempts um, actually, I had a client yesterday. He, we were talking about neck pain and not sleeping, and he's like, "Oh, you need to try this drug, trazodone." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a drug that uh, gave me suicidal tendencies and caused my suicide attempt." So, I'm that's a that's a no. But <laughs> wow. so, you know, I, I had all of those things, and I'm so grateful that I listened eventually to some of the people because I was on the Arkansas Oklahoma border, and I don't know if you know, but that's one of the the biggest methamphetamine areas in at least at the time when I was younger in the country, like right in that area, you get in, you know, with the the wrong crowd or at the time it could seem like the right crowd and it could go downhill really quick. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I was blessed that, yeah, my, so my mom there again, I, my whole, I guess all my teen years were people like picking me up and taking me to a different state. But when I got myself in trouble and, you know, the suicide attempt, my mom came and got me and took me back to Georgia. So I'm getting bounced back and forth, which caused even more emotional issues because I'm like, I feel like I'm getting pulled away from everybody. Um, and which then led me to, you know, rely on alcohol and drugs and all of those things. So that's, that's kind of a deep dive into my past that I don't really, you know, put out there too much. Right. But I do mm-hmm. think it's important because even though, and you know, you were talking about the definition of success, even though I haven't taken the ADHD thing where I, I know that God wants me to, and I haven't been able to, you know, figure that out, but it's still a very brand new concept. So it'll happen. I just don't know where yet, but right. I put so much effort and energy into the insurance business that I still have residual income and renewals. I've got passive income coming in. So I'm able to kind of go with the flow and figure it out. So to me, that is, you know, my husband and I decided when we closed our agency back in September, that's success. Being able to not freak out and worry about losing everything. I'm not going to say it was fun because we were left with a whole lot of, you know, business debt and all those things. But right. And, you know, we can dive into that in a minute if you want to. But because that was an interesting September. And oddly enough, it happened on September 28th, which was the, I think, 25th anniversary of my granddad's death. Um, but yeah, we can talk about that. But yeah, so that's one of the big things is when you and I were talking last week, I was thinking and I'm like, I, it could have gone. It would have just taken like one one decision one way or the other. And my life could have taken a whole different path. Absolutely. Not saying I think I still would have wound up where I am. It just would have been. A little more painful with a lot more lessons. <laughs> right. It would have been a more of a up and down kind of a ride, as they say. But you're you're, you know, there's something you said, right? And one thing I gotta I'll tell you that I've learned in my studies as a addiction counselor and stuff like that, right? And some of the people that I follow and look up to, like one of the doctors uh from Canada who's been working in addiction for years always says that addiction stems from trauma right Mm -hmm. see but everybody always thinks that trauma has to be this huge thing like like a soldier going to war and and seeing battle or physical sexual abuse right Mm -hmm. you said it though your trauma was your grandfather right coming up to console you and him passing because his stint like you had any control of that but in your teenage mind yes that was your fault right and mm-hmm. see that's what i want people to understand right and we can get into this nurture versus nature and all that stuff uh, but as you could tell right lori didn't have like an abusive upbringing right it just there was an event in her life that caused her to blame herself in this case mm-hmm. right and this i like to call it this hole the size of the universe or the grand canyon opened up and you needed to fill that and the only thing you knew you know yeah okay alcohol Right. That's like me. Right. When I got into my addiction, mine was more of a lot of little traumas. Right. Well, my dad not being there when I was younger, but I had this speaker say, you know, I I had this hole the size of the Grand Canyon. I was trying to fill it up with all these little things and I couldn't figure it out. But I would try the more, the more. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that you that your choices didn't lead you down that dark Mm -hmm. path. Right. Where. Like I'm on that opposite end of the spectrum where yeah. I did go, I chose to go down that dark path because nothing could numb the pain that I was going through at the time. Right. 
But this is why I bring guests like you, right? Not all my guests are, you know, have addiction stories or, but there's something in their lives that made their head go, okay, that didn't work, right? So I'm going to mm-hmm. try to be better, right? So, so you go through that. And, and here's the thing that I heard kind of too, tell me if I'm wrong, right? But when you're getting shuffled around to different relatives, right? That is probably not good for your self-confidence, your self-esteem, yeah. right? So can you talk about that a little bit? Because I know a lot of people that have been in that similar situation where for a long time, you know, it was like they didn't know who they were because they were going from this house to this house to that. You know what I mean? Because in our little brains at that time, we don't realize that a lot of them are doing it out of love because that's what they yes. knew how to do. But we're taking it as you don't love me. So what's wrong with me? Yeah. And and it absolutely was out of love. When my granddad got me from Georgia, it's because I was going down the wrong path there. And honestly, if he, I don't know what would have happened if he hadn't passed away because he was the rock of our family and the family kind of fell apart after, after that. And not that we're not so close, but there's been a lot of, we went from a super close family that everybody was together on every even minor holidays to, I think um, a couple of Thanksgivings ago was the first time we'd all been together in like 15 years. So him passing away was, like a, a big catalyst, I think not just for me, but a lot of, of the members in the, of the family. And when my mom took me back to Georgia, I truly believe that they made the right choices both times. I, I, I do believe that Right. The, he got me from Georgia and my mom took me because I, I would have kept going down that path if she wouldn't have taken me back to Georgia when I was 19. Um, and at that time I could have fought it. So I think deep down somewhere I knew that that's what I needed to do or I wouldn't have gone with her. Cause it right. was my choice at that point, you know? Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's, and I, I actually talked about this part of my book. My sister is nine years younger than me. And when she was born, I'm like, she's going to be my baby. And I love her. And my, my mom even has a sticky note from when I was nine that I said, I'm going to take her to college with me. Well, spoiler alert, I didn't go to college. Um, but <laughs> um, then when we moved to Georgia, I felt like I was her babysitter. I truly believed. And it's funny now that we have different, biological fathers and i truly believed that my mom had me nine years before her so i could babysit and it became like i I did i started resenting her and then when i moved away and then came back five years later my when i was growing up and lived with my parents before we moved my mom was working like crazy and going to school full-time my dad was working multiple jobs to help put her through school my mom has her doctorate in education now so by the time I moved back in with my grandparents when I was 15, my parents were actually making, you know, the living and able to do the things. And so my sister had a totally different upbringing than me. And I did not have a bad upbringing. Like you said earlier, I did not. I had a very loving family. But, you know, I there were times that my mom would literally take on an extra job just to buy me a dress for pictures and things like that. My little sister had like the fancy summer camps, the, you know, all the dance studios, gymnastics. She was, you know, cheerleader and all those things because they they could afford it at that time. And when I was younger and I'm like, oh, they hate me. Like you said, like I, I put it, I I made it something that it wasn't because my brain, my, my brain wasn't even developed at that time. And so I took it very personally. Now I'm lucky that she and I are best friends and I absolutely love her to pieces. And I actually sent her that chapter of my book where I talked about it. Because I wanted her to read it before. And she said, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. She had no idea that that's why I resented her. 
had nothing to do with her. But right. so, yeah, being shuffled back and forth, it's like they love her more than me. Or, you know, when when my my uncle and his son moved back, moved in with my mama after I moved out, I was like, oh, well, she loves them more than me now. So, yeah, right. and I don't know that I've ever really pieced that together, but you're absolutely right. It it really kind of beats on your confidence. And absolutely in the middle of that being diagnosed and medicated with all these different medications that I didn't need that caused me to, to try and fill that hole in other ways. Right. Like you right. said, like, I love that the whole, the whole size of the Grand Canyon. Cause it, yeah, no, I love right. that. <laughs> Cause I mean, you know, we all like hindsight is 2020, right? Like I wish I could have did some things different, but at the same time, I don't regret my path. Right. Because I wouldn't be the person I am today, even though some people had suffered because of the path I chose. Right. But you know, and it's funny, like, because I remember growing up, like, I used to think my mom didn't love us or whatever, right? Because she was always working, right? And mm-hmm. we're, and like you, we had a, such a big family, like, we were always taken care of, right? There was a lot of love, you know, it was like I was with my cousins or my nephews and sisters, brothers or whatever. And I, but I, you know, you grow up thinking you, you fill your head with these things, like, she just doesn't want to be around us because I'm a pain in the butt or whatever, you know, because me and my little brother, you know, two years apart, we're always fighting, you know, that's just what brothers do. And um, and I, I think about this stuff and then I I think about like after I got sober, right, and, and having those talks with my mom and realizing how hard she really worked to give us the things that we wanted, you know, like I played in sports. She never told me no. I always had my, you know, within reason, my favorite clothes, my vans or whatever. She never said no. I, I've had this conversation with guests before and uh, other. I never lived in an apartment. My mom was a single mother and she always made sure we had a home, like a house to live in. You know what I mean? Yeah, mine, mine did too. You know, and I think about those things and, 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 you know, now I think about these fights I get into, you know, now, I mean, she's forgiven me. My mom passed almost eight years ago now. Right. And, but I was able to give her 14 years of my sobriety and I was, re- I, I would have these talks with her, like, like I would apologize and she would just always come back with God answered my prayers. You're here now. That's what counts. You know what I mean? Like two weeks before she passed, my audience heard this many times. So I got to tell you, I was watching TV with her at her assisted living. It was my Monday night to spend the night with her, right? And she's like rubbing my leg. And I'm like, what's up, mom? You know, we're watching the show. And she just looked at me and she goes, I want to thank you for your 13 years of sobriety. Right. And I, you know, yeah, but it was 14, but I didn't correct her. Right. Cause I didn't want to. correct. (laughs) (laughs) And it was one of those moments where I just. Like when I went home the next day, right? I thank God for letting me have that moment with her because little did I know she would die two weeks later, right? And just the things I look back on now, because you, like you said, when we're younger, our minds are so impressionable, right? But now, like I'm sure you can, you can look back on those moments and and the stuff you went through is like that shaped me to be who I am today. So as Absolutely. much as I hated it at the moment. I'm kind of grateful, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's everything. And, you know, I'm, I, I want to be clear. You know, my mom did her absolute best. She was a single mom for the first um, seven years of my life. So she, she, I never met my biological father. He was um, an addict that never recovered. I wound up committing suicide. And um, 
I, so she married my stepdad actually, like, I think the same week that my biological father died. So and it was totally coincidental, but, and my stepdad is still in my life. They're divorced. They were married for 19 years. He finished raising me. Well, except for when I went to live with my grandparents, but you know, he's been on my podcast, we still, you know, talk and he's a part of my, my daughter's life. But I look back and I, I can't imagine, and even though her family was very supportive, my, you know, my grandparents, we lived with them off and on, but like you, we never, I never lived in an apartment. We always had a house and always had food and not necessarily my favorite clothes, but I was always never. you know, taken care of. <laughs> and when she didn't, my grandparents did. So, <laughs> so I've never really, never, never needed her wanted for anything, but at the same time, I had it twisted in my head that, you know, she didn't love me as much as my sister. And do you know, now here's the, here's the thing, Max, I was, I think it took 20 years after my granddad died for me to let go of the guilt. I literally carried that with me for 20 years where I truly like, and I, I just very recently have within the last, what, like five years have dealt with it and realized literally had nothing to do with me. Right. He could have, it could have, the, you know, the state, it wound up being negligence from the hospital. Um, it was a, a huge error on their part, but he could have, the extent could have collapsed when he was getting in the car to go to his next doctor's appointment. Like we had, there's, right. there's no way of telling if it would have happened or not, but, and now I realize that, but at that time it was me and you're right. That hole, the, the longer I went without it, the deeper, the, the deeper and bigger that hole got that I needed to fill. And I didn't know how to fill it. Right. I can totally relate, the, right? Yeah, that's the best explanation to that I've ever heard. So I'm like, my mind's blown on that one because it's true. That's exactly how it felt, right? And and it and it could be anything, right? And and this is where I I like totally connect with you, right? Because every time I hear a little bit more of your story, right, like I'm like I can relate. Um, <laughs> that was like with my father, right? Like they were divorced when I was five, never really saw him, right? But you're telling a little young kid, right? Like, why can't he? But his job took him overseas. And I didn't realize this till years later. I carry, it's a big reason I stayed my addiction, right? Because of the anger, uh, the resentment, the sadness, the guilt, the shame, right? And always being compared. Like, you look just like your dad. Or I'll tell you a funny story, right? I was in the car with my mom one time and she reached over and smacked me one, right? I'm like, what was that for? She goes, because you look like your dad. But that look on your face, I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, mom. I can't help that, right? But yeah. but my mom and I were very close, right? But she was very, she was a, she played mom and dad and she could be strict. And like, I've shared stories like she kicked my butt in front of three of my friends because I thought I was going to be lippy and like, I'm going to be the big man on campus. Oh, that never happened again. As my friends were running down the street going like, you're on your own, Max. Sorry, bud. Right. And, um. But I realized, like, after I, I finally got serious and got sober, I, I, my sponsor, my mentor, and another mentor said, you're not going to change until you learn to forgive this guy. So they had me do this assignment where I wrote a letter. First, it was the angry letter. Let it all out. Right. And then mm -hmm. the second one was the forgiveness letter. And uh, I was able to do that. Right. Because I, I understood that my mom and dad did the best that they could. Right. And then I realized before my mom passed away, she told me this story. Oh, yeah, when your dad came back and when I saw him last, right, before he passed away, he wanted to take me and my brother. And my mom said, oh, hell no, right? 
Mm -hmm. uh, you can come see him anytime, but you are not taking because he worked out in the Philippines, right? And um, right. my mom was like, "No, that's not going to happen, right? Like, you can't come back and then take my children away." Like, my I was ten at the time, turning eleven. But long story short, right? He promises he's going to come back for my birthday. He ends up passing away. Mm. a massive heart attack right so at 11 years old my head tells me how dare you break my promise right and i've shared this i'm sharing it with you now and i've shared this with my listeners and other and how did and but i told you i just i finally let go and forgave him and said like he didn't plan this heart attack right like he he, he meant to come back right but for years that's what that's what kept me in my addiction for a long time right one it was him mm -hmm. right my mom all the people i blamed for my addiction reasons and then the biggest one was me because i said i would never be like that for my children i ended up being worse right because i could literally be in the house with, next door to him and not see him i didn't see my kids for nine years in my active addiction and i lived in the same city so tell me right so i had to learn it was a little like you learning how to just look at it from a different point of view, forgive myself and go move on, right? Like it's not mm -hmm. your fault. And, but here's the benefit of all that, right? I get introduced to people like Lori and start this new relationship, a new friend I get, right? That has similar stories, but it's showing me how to live life despite the challenges, right? Because you and I have that, we just talked about it before, This the neck thing, like mm -hmm. I wake up in a good mood because it doesn't hurt. I turn one way and all of a sudden that's it. But like, I want to just tell everybody to leave the country because I'm about to blow up on you guys because I don't feel good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting here trying really hard not to like move my neck because I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, you do. You, you're fine. You're fine. But so like, you know, going through that, Lori, right? Like realizing as you know, I don't have to tell you, right? It took a while, but you you do come to that realization. So how does that help you become a better human being? One, right? A better wife and a better mother. So that, you know, like you and I are that, that we're trying to break that generational curse, if you want to call it that, right? Yeah. So we don't put our kids through the same thing that we went through. How do you do that? And what made you to decide, like, I'm going to be better than... I was before my parents and after my parents. Yeah. So I wasn't for the longest time up until I think, I think my, I really, and I'm not saying I was a bad mom. My child has never been beat or anything like that, but I would stay home and drink and I didn't drink and drive and my husband didn't either. And so we would not go do things on the weekends, do fun things. Now she has everything she could want here at home. But, you know, she's into horses. We wouldn't go to horse shows because we don't drink and drive. And we would rather do that. That ended two years ago. Um, actually, two years ago, about two weeks ago, um, it was the first time we did 75 hard. And we completely quit drinking. Never, you know, We never went back to the way that it was. And I didn't realize that now I realize we were filling the hole. We were not fulfilled in our career that we were in. We were, We didn't know how to get out that was handled for us last September 28th, but, <laughs> um, and we both would kind of fill that hole. Well, once I stopped drinking and got sober, cause 75 hard forces you to do that. I realized what was happening. I didn't realize like in my head, I didn't realize that I was holding her back from her goals because I was drowning my sorrows in, you know, my vodka and water. 
But I've learned from all those experiences. And like you said, you said something earlier to the effect of you wouldn't change it, even though, unfortunately, our choices have hurt people. But we've learned from it. I wouldn't be able to help other people go through similar situations if I hadn't gone through that. And I'm not going to say I learned the first time, but I'm I'm at the point now that I'm like, oh, now I know how to listen. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I think those experiences, learning as long as we learn the lessons, if we don't learn the lessons eventually, then we can't really use them to, to help other people. But I'm able to relate to my daughter if i hadn't made all the bad choices that i was when i was a teenager i wouldn't know what what to look for you know with with her and i'm i'm blessed that my sister is a way better teenager i mean my daughter is a way better teenager than my sister and i both were um (laughs) but i think a lot of that yeah (laughs) thank god (laughs) (laughs) um i couldn't handle raising a me i asked my mom all the time i'm like Every time she gets a little sassy and like, can you please remove the curse? And then I'm reminded that there is no curse because she is way better than I was. <laughs> right. I'm with you. But unfortunately, I, I love Well, I shouldn't say that. Fortunately, uh, mine were a chip off the old block. Right. And. Oh, uh, but here's the thing is they've never seen me drunk or loaded. So I get to continue to lead by example and be that parent that goes that's not okay so if you want to keep doing that go ahead you're going to do it on your own because uh i'm not going to co-sign your bs but you know my kids are turning out to be okay uh my daughters need to learn some lessons but my son he learned the hardest one right and had a stroke at 30 which i was telling you about before right at 30 years old almost dies of a massive stroke and because of his choices right and drug addiction and all that so uh I, I believe that, you know, everybody's got a journey and a path and, you know, you and I are blessed enough that we went through that, that we can lead a different lifestyle, right? So that our kids don't see that. And even if they choose, right, we can mm-hmm. teach them from the lessons that we learned what what to do and what not to do, right? At least yeah. we're not being the example of what not to do. We're being the example of what to do. And, and I stick by that. And Right. And, and my, my, excuse me, none of my kids can ever say, well, your friends do this because all my friends, most of them, right, the ones that they know are in recovery. And now they're getting to know my friends outside of recovery, part of my apex family of choice, as they call it, mm-hmm. uh, like yourself, that are amazing human beings that are leading by example, that are pushing themselves to that next level, not getting comfortable being comfortable right but getting comfortable Mm -hmm. being uncomfortable as david goggins would say and trying to show the world there's a different way and you know yeah that nothing worth having is is easy and that you got to do the work right and it starts with us and i love that one thing that andy frisella always says right he goes the best revenge that you could get in our society today you know for those who are trying to put us down and and is self-development and becoming Mm -hmm. the best version of yourself because that is the best right focus on yourself become the best and then people are going to follow you and it's going to be that i think we talked about that ripple effect where it's just going to get you know it's going to reach other people we might not even know them but they're going to be like down the ways and they're go hey you know max and Lori, they're pretty badass people Mm -hmm. right and we won't even know right which that's cool but it also kind of annoys me because i'm like dang it i want to know i like the satisfaction of knowing i made an impact so that's selfish of me but i'm like i really i really <laughs> like to know <laughs> i'm with you too 
So yeah, let's talk about your book and what that, how that came about and what made you decide like, like, cause yeah, we talked before and you're like, yeah, my ADHD, like, I, I don't think I ever got, um, well, you know, as a kid, they're like, you're just, you don't pay attention and you don't listen. Right. And I might've gotten diagnosed with ADD as an adult, but I don't remember. But now I, I've heard people and like, you know, like Ryan Steven says, that's a superpower, right? Like that gives us the, yeah. the right, if we learn how to do it in the right way. And sometimes me, right. And my wife will tell you, right. Like, go get me a cup of water. Right. And I'll zigzag on the way to the kitchen. Right. And I'll <laughs> zigzag on the way back. And she, she had a video one time of me doing that. Right. Like, okay. I stopped in the, the living room. I watched a little bit of TV as I was standing there. He okay, got her water, went out the front door. Then they came back in the house and right. But we can harness that. So talk about your book yeah. and what came about um, and let them know exactly. They're going to think it's ADHD. Tell them your title. So they know exactly. Yeah. So um, funny thing is the first time somebody asked me what the full title of my book was, was it church in front of the entire church? They asked from stage, Hey, Lori, what's the name of your book? And I could not remember. I literally looked at my husband and I said, Oh crap. I don't remember my subtitle. And everybody started cracking up and I'm like, yeah, it was totally the ADHD. But so it's eight zero HD, like 80 miles an hour HD because my brain goes 80 miles an hour all the time, curvy roads and all. I'm like, you said, if, you know, at least you got the water back to your wife. Cause me, I totally forget that I'm going for water and I wind up like swapping laundry, playing with the dog, coming back. And my husband's like, yeah, did you remember my water? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> not everybody. Maybe I filled it. Maybe I didn't. But yeah, so it's ADHD. The wait, inner wait, wait, let me say something real quick. One row. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. <laughs> There's the difference between no, ADD. Mine's more ADD, right? Like eventually I get back with her water. If I had ADHD, I'd be like Lori where I'd come back and go, oh, shoot. What was I supposed to get you? Because I've fed the dog, played with the grandkids or went for a quick swim. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that because I, when you mentioned that, I, I do do that sometimes, but I'm more on the ADD side. Yeah, see, I there's three people in my house and we all three have the H. And it is like, it's so funny because we can all three forget the exact same thing at the same time. Like we have, so we have koi fish. And there have been days literally that all three of us have gone out at one point or another to feed the fish. And nobody does it, but we all think the other did it because we all went out there to do it. But then we get distracted watering the flowers or playing with the dogs or one of the horses comes over and we're like, oh, we need to give the horse an apple and whatever it is. So, yeah, absolutely. Like there, that H can cause some really big confusion. And luckily, our fish know how to let us know they haven't been fed. And, and we know the signs we're like, oh, shit, nobody fed the fish today, even though we all three went out there at one point to do it. See, that but, would be probably funny yeah. to see in the Jewett house, right? You'd be like, didn't you do it? No. Did you do it, Mom? No. Didn't you do it, honey? <laughs> no, none of us. Well, and then nobody remembers if we did or not. Like, I think <laughs> I did. I don't really know. I've joked. And I think one of these days I might go through with it and I might just hire a videographer to follow me around for a week because it would entertain the heck out of everybody because I, what you see is what you get. And my spirit animal, I know, I don't think, do you Aaron video? What's up? Do you air in video? Not yet, but I'm hoping okay, to yeah. get my YouTube. I, I don't either, but I'm going to show you. So this is my spirit animal. This is the orangutan. 
<laughs> and you've probably seen the story all over Facebook because Steve Gamlin just loves to share the orangutan all over. I was in here one day on a coaching call with one of my coaches and I was playing with my silly buddy. And all of a sudden, and we it was recorded, but it wasn't like airing. It was just he records them and sends them to me so I can go back to it. And right. I, the silly putty is still over here in this wall, but I got silly putty stuck in the wall and we're carrying on a conversation. I didn't even skip a beat. We're having a conversation and it's in my hair and I'm like picking it out of my hair. <laughs> and he just kind of like stops for a second. We're still talking like, like nothing is happening. And I'm like literally like this. And he's like, what's going on? I said, don't mind me. I'm just channeling my inner orangutan. And then we went on with a coaching call. He laughed for a second. We went on with it. And then like less than an hour later, he sent me this picture, which is an orangutan with a, a little pink bow tie. And it says the orangutan. <laughs> well, it, and it it because that is me. So I think I literally need somebody to follow me around. I think I could like have a reality show and just either confuse or entertain people. I don't know. They'd probably feel sorry for me and be like, oh, this poor girl, increase her meds. No, you but- <laughs> might get so many followers that are just blowing your stuff up going, I I can relate, Laurie. I can relate. I, I'm already seeing that. You know, with the, so the name of the book is eight zero HD, so ADHD. The inner workings of a neurodivergent brain at hyperspeed. And it literally, it started out. So you asked, you know, why the book? Because yeah. I'm Apex and we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to write a book. We're supposed to have a podcast. So I started out as I was just going to do some of the like, or talk about some of the most random things that happened or that I caused <laughs> chaos, the funny ones, right? I was going to tell all the funny stories that happened to me growing up or as an adult, whatever, because that book is still going to happen because the world needs to laugh. But it it wound up evolving into self-development and personal development for me. I started learning more about myself as I was writing, and it became a, com- a compilation of life lessons and experiences to help other people. So if I hadn't gone through that suicide attempt at 19, if I hadn't lost my granddad at 15, I wouldn't be able to help other people through understanding that and i had someone recently and it blew my mind we a mutual friend of ours she's not in apex but her friend used to be or something i don't know somehow she wound up in my inbox and we were going to get on a podcast so we started talking and her daughter had a very 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 similar situation to mine except she and i think she was the same age as i was she did not survive her suicide attempt because of addiction and being misdiagnosed and mismedicated and all of those things And so, you know, and she reaches out to me every once in a while just to tell me that she's so excited for the book release. I sent her that chapter where I talked about that because I'm like, you need, you need to hear this because as she was telling me her daughter's story, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like it is, it is almost verbatim the same story. And so once I started talking about it openly with people is when I'm like, okay, I have to do this. There's things in that book I don't want out there. I don't want the world to know that I, you know, attempted suicide. But at the same time, if I hold that back, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that away from other people, right? I've, I can't remember the exact quote, but I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, and he said, um, "The, what was it? Sharing our story gives those experiences a purpose." Yes, absolutely. If, if we're not sharing our story. So that is what the book has evolved into. That is what my, my upcoming two stage events are going to be of explaining to people the whole moral of it is whatever it is. Maybe it's ADHD. Maybe it's, I don't know, something that you feel like is holding you back. Right. Encouraging people to embrace it 
and run with it. Like, you know, because Ryan Stuman is one of my, you know, mentors and one of the inspirations because he was one of the first people I ever heard stand on stage and say that ADHD was a superpower. And I'm sitting there going like, wait, what? I thought that was supposed to hold me back. (laughs) Right. Well, that's what we're taught, right? That's Mm -hmm. what we're taught. And, you know, I I appreciate you sharing your story, right? Because, you know, um, I don't always share certain parts of mine on here, right? But what I share with you on your show, I think people need to understand, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you go through. Um, there are people out there to support you, right? And you don't have to do life alone. Um, like I said, I gained a new friend in Lori when I was on her podcast um, and got to share some things that... I think it was maybe crucial for her audience to understand um, because I don't always share like the bad things I went through in my addiction. Right. Because we all have, there's a lot of us that have similar stories. Right. And I've shared that so many times. I want to share how I got through adversity in recovery. Right. And now how I get to get amazing people like Lori on my podcast to share her struggles, her challenges right? ADHD, all that stuff and, and be able to help somebody, you know, in my audience that might be going, wow, she just told me my story. Her story is the same as mine. Like, right. So we, I can't wait for your book to get out. Cause I'm going to buy your, I'll be getting your, I probably got to go pre-order it today just to make sure. But um, it, your, my copy of your book came in and I meant to have it in here so I could show you. <laughs> I ordered it as soon as we got off our podcast the other day. I'm like, actually, I'm like, that's one of the Apex People's books that I don't think I have. I may, it may be in the basement. I don't know, but um, it's easier just to order a new copy to read. Right. Than to go I'm going to order yours when we get off of here. Exactly. Because I'm going to do it on my computer because my phone was saying I couldn't do it. But uh, yeah, the paperback will be out on July 1st. So if that's awesome. easier. Absolutely. And I like reading. I go between reading and audio. You know what I mean? And sometimes I do both depending on the book. But I, I'm a, ever since I did 75 hard, I've been trying to read more and, and continue that 10 pages a day and trying to learn more things. Um, so what I was going to ask you next, Lori, is. Um, are you coaching anybody or has anybody reached out to you? To say, hey, Lori, you told my story. How can, can I get your help or or anything like that? Because I see you're, when you post, you're getting a lot of engagement. So I know people are relating with your story. So share that with the audience. And then um, don't worry, everybody. I will be putting all her book stuff and everything in the show notes when it comes out. So you'll be able to get her book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. As far as officially like paid coaching, No. Um, but I do have people that reach out. You know, I had a conversation with somebody else and she actually does get paid for coaching. And the funny thing is, is hers, her coaching is different. And so we're like communicating and kind of sharing information. And, but I do, I have people that reach out. I hop on calls with people all the time. Maybe, maybe that's where this is supposed to evolve. I don't know. Um, but as of right now, absolutely. If you, if, if something I've said speaks to you and you want to talk, let's hop on a call and I'll help however I can. My um, my mission in life is to make an impact. I want to help and impact people. Um, you know, one because I love helping people, and two, it's a little bit selfish. It makes me feel good, right? I get a dopamine hit every time somebody's like, "Hey, I learned this from you, and that helped." And I'm like, "That's my healthy dopamine hit." Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, that will lead me into this question: How can they get a hold of you? Before I ask you my questions, I want to ask you, but yeah. where would they find you? Like on your so, what social media are you on the most? 
Uh, Facebook, because I um, am not techy enough to figure out any of the others. But yeah, so I have them all. I just don't necessarily know how to use them all. Um, but actually, if you just go to laurijewett.com, that'll have that'll take you to my Facebook, which is Lori Jewett. Um, Instagram, I think is Jewett Lori. I don't know why I did that, but <laughs> I have no idea. Um, when I tell you I don't know how to use those, I'm not even kidding. I, I don't even know how to log in. But I, it's on my phone already logged in, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to like navigate it, but yeah. So if you go to my name at um, dot com, that'll take you to everything. Perfect, perfect. You can even you can even book a call there, and you know, just a a, a discovery call, chit chat, whatever. <laughs> there you go. That's what I love. Um, so now I get to ask you the questions I like, and you got a copy of my book, right? So the first question I like to ask is fearless, right? What mm-hmm. does fearless mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Yeah. So I had to think about this whenever I, whenever, you know, I was thinking about this call and um, so fearless to me really is having the courage to be yourself and not hiding the things that you've been told your whole life that you need to, to hide from the world. Like I'm loud. I talk really fast. I spent my whole life being told to hide those things and I don't want people to to hide whatever it is because it's not loud and, you know, obnoxious for everybody. But for me, that's what it is. Um, but, and, you know, being fearless enough to embrace your inner superhero and, you know, whatever that is for you. Mine's the orangutan. But, you know, let that out and deal with if there's going to be backlash. Because for me, there has not been the backlash that I thought there was going to be. I thought I was going to get so much hate. To my knowledge, maybe it's happening behind closed doors, but I haven't had any haters. No. Yeah, they all love you, Laurie. I've seen, I've, I've seen your posts. You, you got a lot of love showing your way. So, and, and all with all due respect, you deserve it, right? Because you, you, Thank you. Share some, you share some really good stuff uh, that we all. It's some of us can relate more than others, but I think you're relating with a lot of people out there, and that's why I'm like, I got to have her on my show too, because they got to see that there's two people out here that are just trying to make a difference. And that are like-minded and want to help people do the same. So my next question is happiness. Knowing you put a Y in it instead of the I, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Yeah, so I st- we still need to get to the why story. I need to have you back on my show to talk about the why. But so <laughs> for me, what makes me happy, and that's the, the way that I took this question, is To me, happiness means making an impact and seeing the results in other people's lives, seeing the, you know, the, the teenager, the 19 year old with ADHD that didn't really know what to do with her life. That after she read one chapter of my book, started her own podcast geared towards teenagers. Um, her dad is produced my audio books. So she got a sneak peek. He's like, do you mind if I let my daughter read this? And I'm like, no, absolutely. That to me is huge. Like to see this girl who didn't know that she could let it out and let people see it. Um, that's happiness to me. Just seeing that impact in other people makes it just brings me so much joy. I love it. I love it. And you said it. So yeah, I would love to come back on your show and tell you about the why, or I could tell you now, whatever you want, but this has been such an amazing episode. I just loved having you on here. Thank you for sharing all the things that you share with my audience. You heard her, everybody. She's on Facebook, LoriJewett.com. You can find her. Her book is coming out July 1st. 
please go out there and purchase it. I know I am because I finally got a book that I can relate to about ADHD. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I support my my fellow Apex members, but that's not the only reason. It's just because she's just a down-to-earth, just an awesome human being. So thank you for sharing that with us. But there is one last question. You are off the hook just yet. All it's right. The last, it's the last question I ask every one of my guests, and that is, Lori, what is one piece of advice you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and become a better person? Ooh, that's a good question. It's a deep question, and it can be taken a lot of different ways. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust my subconscious because that's what I've been taught to do, and I would say whatever you feel like is holding you back, inspect it. For me, it was that I'm loud and over the top, but inspect whatever that is for you that you think is holding you back from whatever your goals are and ask yourself, is this really holding my back? Or, you know, as Brene Brown says, what is the story I'm telling myself? Is it really holding you back? Or is that just what you've been told? Is that a limiting belief? And if you buy my book or you could just go to ADHDbook.com, there's going to be, as soon as I finish it, a limiting belief um, worksheet there to help get, to help figure that out. Because sometimes we don't know what our limiting beliefs are. So yeah, figure out whatever the one big thing is and ask yourself that question. Is it really holding me back or is it just a story I've been telling myself my whole life? Bingo. You heard that, everybody. Wow. That was pretty good. I love it. Oh. Well, you know, you and I could probably continue talking for hours and hours and hours. I'm going to end up bringing her back after her book comes out, everybody. So you'll get to hear more about it. But Lori, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and coming and spending it with me for an hour or so. Uh, You've been an awesome, awesome guest. And I can't wait to bring you back. But until next time, everybody, uh, this is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Uh, So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you come from. And remember, if Lori made you think, she made you smile, if she made you go, like I like to say, hmm, like she really made you think about something, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so that more people can find the podcast. And uh, be sure that I will be bringing her back because I can't wait to talk about her book. So Have a good evening, everybody, or wherever you're at in this world. Until next time, we will speak to you later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org. M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.